thank you, Allie and Isaac, for leading us in worship this morning. Um, we're so grateful that y'all share your gifts with us. Wow, I'm glad to be with you today. It's an exciting day. There's a lot going on today. Michael mentioned today is a family Sunday, so if you're a kid or a sprout, there are things that are going to keep you busy and entertained. If you didn't get a worksheet, Isaac, do you have a worksheet? Good. All right. Those answers that you're looking for on the worksheet are probably going to be on the screen, so be sure to pay attention, and little ones, if you're coloring or playing with Play-Doh, good. And like Michael said, if you need to get some sillies out, you can always step out to the Sprouts area. But we're so glad that our kids are in here with us today. I love Family Sunday. I think it's so awesome when we can worship together as an entire church family. And it's Mother's Day, which is a good reason to have our kids in here. And if you were in the kids or Sprouts area last week, you might remember making something special. So if you made something special, come up here. I have it for you so you can give it to your mom. Come and get it. I've got Bentley, Isaac, Noah, KK, and Nicholas. So if, come and get them. So you can get these to your mamas today. That one's Noah. All right. Happy Mother's Day to all the mamas. And like, here you go, Nicholas, you can go back to your mom. Um, it is so sweet to see so many people here with their moms. I'm glad my mom is here. She's got her hands really full this morning, and I think that's how she likes it. Um, but it's so good to be with you and to be able to celebrate with you. Um, and like that video did put it so sweetly, that today can be heavy for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. So if you're celebrating today, we celebrate with you. And if you're hurting today, we hurt with you. Um, because we are a family, and that's what families do. Um, and so we want to be mindful of that this morning. Um, today is also Senior Sunday. Oh, my goodness, there's so much going on. We're so glad Kendall is here with us. She's graduating from MLK this year, and she's going to be going to Suwannee in the fall. Is that still right? <laughs> um, and we're so excited to honor her and celebrate her today. Her sister, Quintana, is also graduating from UT this semester, so... Please congratulate the Hayes family if you see them after service today. And you probably saw the table out there where you can write a note congratulating Kendall, encouraging her, giving her all of your sage advice for college and all the years ahead. But we're excited to be celebrating so many things today. And thank you for bringing water bottles. Oh, my goodness. DuPont Tyler is having a field day soon, and we're glad to be able to bless them in that way. So, wow, it's a big day. It's a good day. Um, and before we jump in to our scripture today, I want to pray for us. So let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for a day where we can celebrate so many things, where uh, we're excited and we're able to honor people. Thank you for the women in our lives who bless us, who take care of people, whether they're related to them or not, God. And we thank you so much for um, the ways that we're blessed by them, God. And we pray that you are close to those who are hurting today. 
um, help us to comfort them in the ways we can. God, thank you for Kendall and the Hayes family and that we can celebrate with them today. Be with us during this time, God, and speak a word to us. And if I say anything that's not of you, God, just let it fall away. But I pray that you'll open our hearts to what it is you want us to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. So, the past few weeks we've been in a series called The Wisdom of Jesus. We've been looking at the book of James, which is full of really practical instruction on how to live a godly life. I don't know about you, but I feel like any time I've been in here listening to this series, I'm like, oh, yes, that makes so much sense. It feels like the book of James is really easy to lift off the page and put right in our lives in a way that just makes a lot of sense. Um, And I'm hopeful that that will be true today, too. Uh, James is the half-brother of Jesus. So he's Mary and Joseph's son. He's growing up with Jesus. And so he heard a lot of what Jesus had to say. Uh, So maybe you've heard some echoes of Jesus' teachings in James, and I think we will today, too. And he was also, you know, a good Jewish boy. He was reading the Bible growing up. And so some of it is kind of proverbsy. We're hearing this wisdom um, from James that's similar to the wisdom that we find in Proverbs. Um, And I heard someone called the book of James a gut punch. (laughs) Maybe you've heard a gut punch in the last few weeks where it's like, ooh, that's really good, but it hurts a little. Like, I needed to hear that, but it doesn't feel good to hear. Um, And I think all of that is true (laughs) about James. Some of it is easier to hear than others. But today we're going to be in chapter 3. Today's scripture is James chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. That may or may not be the first box on the worksheet today. Um, And in the beginning of chapter 3, James starts out by talking about the tongue. And he likens the tongue to a bit in a horse's mouth or a rudder on a ship. Now, I am not a horse person or a ship person, really. But if you are, you may know that both of those things steer the thing that they're a part of. They're a really small part of the larger thing, but they steer that larger thing completely. It determines the direction that it goes. And he's saying that is what your tongue is like, too. It's a small part of your body, but the words you say direct your life. The way you speak has a huge impact on where you're going. He also says, a small spark can light a whole forest on fire. So our words can be entirely destructive, but also have this huge impact on where our life is going. So that's the first chunk of chapter three, but that's not where James stops. Um, He knows that our words are important, but that's not all. I want you to think about this question. Who is wise? When you think about a wise person, who comes to mind? Maybe today it's your mom. Maybe she has given you a lot of good advice throughout your life. She was always leading you well. Um, You knew you could rely on her and that wisdom. Maybe it's a movie character who is like up there in years and has been through a lot of life and because of like these difficult things they've gone through, they've gained wisdom. There's a lot of different ways that I think we think about wisdom. And we know that it's different 
from just being smart and having knowledge, right? Wisdom is a little bit deeper. It's a little bit more substantive. And it's a little different. And this is the question that James starts out this section with. Who is wise and understanding among you? And I'm imagining James writing this and being like, okay, I've been writing for three chapters. Who gets it yet? Like, are you understanding this message? Because you've heard all this from Jesus. It's been passed down. And now I'm reiterating it to you. Do you get it? (laughs) Um, And, you know, we've got a lot of moms in the house. Maybe you've said something many times to someone and they have not quite gotten it yet. And that's okay. Um, But... That is what James is saying. Like, who here is getting it? This is how you show wisdom in your life. Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done, and the humility that comes from wisdom. So he's just talked a lot about our words, right? And now he's saying, but look, this is how I'll know if you're wise. If you're living it out. If I can see it in your life by your actions, and by you doing those things in humility. James is really big on actions, right? We've heard that over and over, like faith and actions go hand in hand. And here I can hear echoes of Jesus saying, when you give to someone who's in need, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. Maybe you remember that teaching from Jesus saying, yes, Give to those who need it. Care for people who you can care for. And don't make a huge deal about it. (laughs) Don't be flashy about it. Don't, like, do it just for the sake of having attention on you because that's not wise. That's not doing good in humility. Wisdom is shown by good deeds done in humility. And this chapter, I mean, section might be subtitled in your Bible as two kinds of wisdom. So here's the other kind of wisdom James is going to talk about. He says, But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is unearthly, I mean earthly, (laughs) unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every evil practice. Here's the gut punch, right, of this section. Bitter envy and selfish ambition are what James is calling this earthly wisdom. And I think these are things we see a lot in our world. This desire for more, this desire of what you have more than what I have, that I'm out for myself, that I need the new iPhone because someone else has it or because it has a new feature, that I need to have a higher paying job or to look like that person or clothes that are in style, whatever it is, that these desires of bitter envy and selfish ambition are very in our culture. When I was little, And I was going to a friend's house or something. My mom, before, like, I went, when she was dropping me off, would say, do do the do's and don't do the don'ts. And she's laughing back there. And this was kind of our shorthand for 
you know what to do and what not to do. I've taught you all these things, now act right, <laughs> right? I knew this meant say yes, ma'am, and no, sir, and don't make a mess and not clean it up and all the good things. Do do the do's and don't do the don'ts. And I think that's kind of what the book of James is. He's saying, hey, do do the do's and don't do the don'ts. And if you have this bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart, be honest about it. Because we are in this world where that is so common, but you don't have to stay in that place. You don't have to keep on living in this way. In fact, we have been called to live countercultural in a countercultural way. Um, and I want to read the next part before I get more into that. This is picking up in verse 17. It's a long list with maybe some blanks in it on a sheet of paper. It says, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. This is godly wisdom. These are the attributes that if you see these in someone's life, you can say, yes, that is a wise person. They are living wisely in a godly way. And I was saying, as Christians, we've been called to a life that is different than our culture. And I think historically, this has gotten us in trouble a little bit. I think we've translated that to mean, I can't hear any new ideas. I can't accept that person because I think they're too different from me. I have to be different. I have to Stand strong to exactly what I know today and not listen to anything new. And I think that has caused churches to split. It has caused Christians to keep people out. And I think it's caused a lot of judgment and hurt and division. But I don't think that is the wisdom that James is talking about here. I do believe we're called to live in a way that's different than our culture. But I have to believe that it is more like how Jesus lived, more like this list, right? It's not about drawing a line in the sand and saying, you stay over there, we'll stay in here in this room, good luck. <laughs> it's messy, and it's hard, and the, our world is looking out for me, 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 and James is saying, this is the way to live wisely. It's not about me, me, me. It's not about getting what other people have. It's pure. Then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, and good fruit, impartial, and sincere. Here's a little simpler slide so we can just see these words in a list. And I want to look at each of them. He says, first of all, Pure. And I think this kind of sets the stage for all of them. Wisdom is not double-minded, right? It's not, it doesn't have mixed motives. It is in line with the heart of God so that it can be the rest of these things. Peace-loving. Ooh, I love that. Imagine what your life would look like if we were all more peace-loving, what would our schools look like? What would our churches look like? What would your workplace look like if we were more peace-loving? Uh, recently, Michael and I were watching a show, and 
this church leader got up in front of the church and had to deliver some bad news to everybody. And he like gave this bad news and then essentially said, deal with it and get over it. <laughs> and it was kind of a harsh way, you know, it was a TV show. It was a harsh way to deliver this news, but I think his message was, this is not going to divide us. This is not going to be the thing that comes between me and my brothers and sisters in Christ. Yes, this is a hard thing to accept, but if we're peace-loving people, we can get through this. We have more important things to be about than to be mad at each other about this thing. Peace-loving. Consider it. James says wisdom is considerate. It's about putting other people in front of ourselves. Whew. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> I think parents know this more than anyone else. And I have, you know, been in a crash course of that over the last few months of what does it mean to look like, like, what does it look like to put someone else's needs in front of my own? It looks like less sleep. It looks like my body feels different. My life is a little different. My whole schedule is different. What does it look like for you to put other people's needs in front of your own, to be more considerate, to be thinking of someone else before you? Submissive. This one might seem a little strange, but imagine a wise person. How did they get so wise? They probably learned it from someone else, right? A wise person may not be the smartest person in the world, and they know that they have a lot to learn. They're ready to submit to the wisdom of other people and to accept that in their lives. James is offering us a lot of wisdom. And I think most of it is what he learned from his brother, Jesus, right? He's got a lot of good stuff to say, but it's not original to him. He was submissive in this way. Full of mercy and good fruit. I just think this is a beautiful phrase. When we think about mercy, showing mercy to someone is all about withholding punishment even if it's warranted. And imagine if we did that more in our world. And this good fruit is this idea of the good deeds that James is talking about, um, showing that in our lives full of mercy and good fruit, impartial. Um, James has already given a whole teaching on being impartial, right? About not showing favoritism. We had the students over at our house a couple weeks ago, and we were looking at this scripture after Josh had preached on it that morning. And we started talking about how, wow, this is a really easy passage to understand. <laughs> but it might have been the easiest passage for somebody there to understand yet. And I'm so glad for that because James is saying, look, treat everybody well. Don't treat someone with more favoritism because they can do good stuff for you. Treat everybody with respect and dignity and love and don't be partial, be impartial. And finally, sincere. Um, recently, 
Michael and I were discussing something that was in the news, and it just broke my heart. And I was really saddened by the reactions of a lot of Christian people. And I remember thinking and saying, I think, like, why can't we err on the side of being loving and accepting and good to people? Ugh. And I think that is what sincerity is about. Like, we can talk a big game in here, but what are we doing the rest of the days of the week? Are we treating people well? Are we being true to these teachings that we say we're holding to when we meet someone that maybe we don't agree with? Maybe their life looks a lot different than ours. Maybe we don't understand them. But are we being sincere and being good to people? So finally, James says this, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Now, we're at New Garden, right? So even if you're not a gardener, you probably know that if you plant an apple seed, you're not going to grow a rose bush, right? And this is what James is saying here. If you're not sowing peace, that's not what you're going to reap. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness, of a good life, of being right with God. Who here doesn't want that? <laughs> and so I love that he's reiterating peace in this section. He talked about being peace-loving. Now he's saying peacemakers who sow in peace. And again, I'm hearing echoes of Jesus and the Beatitudes. And so I want to leave us with this charge. Like, what are you sowing in your lives? Are you being a peacemaker who's sowing in peace? And if you're not sure, you can look at the fruit in your life and say, does it look like that list? Does it look peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere? I'm so thankful to be part of this church for so many reasons, but for one reason is that we have been focusing more on what we are for than what we're against. And we talk about we're for hermitage. We're for loving this community. We're for seeing it flourish. We're for serving it well. But I believe that we're probably also people who are for living wisely. We're living with godly wisdom. Um, and if that sounds like a challenge to you, here's the good news. James said this way back in chapter 1. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So if you're hearing all of this talk about wisdom and you're like, Madeline, I don't know, I'm only 15. How am I supposed to be wise? Or I've lived all this life and I still am not sure if I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. James is like, hey, you don't have to make it so difficult. Ask God. Remember I said a lot of James might sound like Proverbs to us. And Proverbs was written by who? King Solomon, the wisest man who had lived. And do you know how he got his wisdom? He asked God for it. 
So if you feel like something is lacking in your life in one of these areas, I challenge you just to ask God for it. See what happens. Because he gives generously to all without finding fault. That is the God that we serve. I hope that is an encouragement to you today, that if you're thinking about your life, if you're thinking about loved ones and wondering, like, how do I even go about this life of living with godly wisdom, that we can ask God for it, that our God gives generously. And we celebrate that every week, a God who gives generously, um, a God who sacrificed on our behalf. And I think this year, more than ever before, I'm like so struck by the thought of someone giving their only son. So I want to invite us to the table this morning. Sorry. Um, I'll pray for us and then you can come to the table. Dear God, we thank you so much for the gift of Jesus, and we thank you for the wisdom that we can learn from his life. We thank you for these words from James. God, help us to look at our lives and to ask you for wisdom in the places that we need it. God, help us to be honest with ourselves the areas that we do have that bitter envy and selfish ambition um, and to live doing good deeds with the humility that wisdom brings. We thank you so much for Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. And come to the table.